Welcome back to Dermcast. Thanks for tuning in again. This is Rob Cascao. I have the distinct honor of being with who I call the godfather of the SDPA, Mr. Joe Monroe. Joe, it's so great to have you in the hot seat. How are you doing? I'm glad to be here and, and proud to see how far SDPA has come and how hard the guys like you work at it. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm just part of the team, I like to say. And, you know, speaking of how far we've come, I, don't, I think people would really appreciate the sense of where you fit into the history of SDPA. We talked about this a little before, and you even told me some stories I wasn't aware of, but you said starting with about 12 other Durham PAs in a hotel room eating a pizza, which is, sounds uh, quite different than what we're doing here today. Can you talk about the early days a little bit? Well, it even goes back farther than that. What happened in 1992 in the PA profession, there were starting to be uh, uh, specialty organizations developed within uh, AAPA and dermatology, excuse me, uh, surgery PAs, uh, pediatric PAs were starting to develop their own specialty organizations, which was a new innovative thing at that time. And I got the idea that why don't we form an organization of dermatology PAs, but then that brought up the question of where are they and how many are there? We knew there weren't many, but we had no idea how few. And after running ads in uh, PA journals at that time, and for several months, we identified a total of six of, a, of us, six. grand total of six. Yeah. And uh, we uh, met informally at AAD conferences with several of those people and identified a few more as time went on. By 1994, we were all able to meet all Durham PAs from the U.S., at least the ones who would show up and identify themselves, were able to meet in one motel room at the Embassy Suites in New Orleans in conjunction with the American Academy of Dermatology meeting there. And we had to decide, and at that time, I had made the decision just on my own that we were gonna call it Physician Assistance in Dermatology. And one of the first things that the group of the 12 that met at Embassy Suites wanted to do was change the name. They didn't like that. They wanted to be the Society of Dermatology PAs. And, uh, then we moved on from there and uh, got funding from uh, one of the uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies to f fund a booth so we could be an exhibitor. At the AAD. At the AAD, exactly. And for several years we had that there and we started matching up, getting names of PAs who would come by matching up with physicians who had a stated uh, uh, desire to hire PAs and we started being a matchmaker. And then we moved from that to having uh, our CME conferences, little small ones in the beginning, uh, in conjunction with AAD, but apart from, uh, and we would attend CME at AAD meetings, although we were barely tolerated in right. those days. Right, I hear you. And so fast forward to the mid-90s or so, when you started having your first CME meetings, um, you told the history of how you started to garner uh, membership. The first CME meetings were also coupled with the AAD meetings? Yes. Okay. That's right. Yeah, that's interesting. And I remember, so if I go back to 2002 or three is when I think I registered as a member, I was number 989. So at that point, we were close to 1,000 strong. And uh, fast forward to now, and it's over tripled in number. And it's amazing what's happened. What kind of changes, what have you seen in all these years uh, from all the way back in that, that first large pizza that you ate in that hotel room to where we are today? What are some of the things that you've seen? What surprises you the most? Well, the size and scope of the organization and the way it's run and the efficiency and uh, 
the quality of the speakers, the quality of the conferences in every way, not just the speakers, but the social aspects, which I think are in some ways just as important as the education component because where else can dermatology PAs from all over the country get together, rub shoulders, compare notes, get to know one another, and uh, find out what other people are doing. It's a wonderful thing. It's, it's unbelievable. Even in the, my first conference was about 0203, and even since then, it has grown in size. They've added the summer conference. It's just, uh, it's grown exponentially. It's, it's great to see this. I agree with you. It's due to great leadership from present and past, uh, yourself included. Uh, it's it's quite a story. So, uh, you mentioned you know you're, um, you did a lecture on microscopy, and you're, you've been such a proponent for PAs in dermatology and our profession in general. Um, you mentioned some things in your microscopy lecture about the fundamental things of medicine, the skills that we should always have in order to establish our roles as skilled clinicians. Uh, I can't agree with that more. Talk a little bit about that in terms of how you view microscopy to be in the uh, clinical setting for PAs. We should consider ourselves as beyond PCPs. PCPs concentrate on treatment uh, as opposed to correct diagnosis. Uh, I, I contend that accurate diagnosis, correct diagnosis dic dictates correct treatment. And as it relates to this lecture I gave today, on microscopy, we want to, if we can, identify and actually see the scabies or the fungal elements in order to definitely establish that diagnosis and then treat accordingly. Whereas if you're in primary care or if you're a dermatology PA but practicing less than the best quality medicine, you're just treating empirically and that's asking for problems and I would like to see us do better than that. I agree. And um, microscopy is something that I learned very early on, and uh, I use my microscope every chance I get. I, I enjoy using my microscope. So uh, in the end, we want these skills to not be lost. Uh, and it's not just PAs that are guilty. This is probably happening in all levels of providers in dermatology, but uh, it is important. The accuracy is really what sets you apart, I think, amongst not only your uh, profession, but your peers. Uh, and it makes a difference for your patient between, again, a shotgun approach versus a sharpshooting approach. Yeah, because what's happened uh, for a variety of reasons over the past few years is even dermatologists and the derm PAs all too often, they're getting away from doing KOHs and treating empirically. And I think that's a shame. And I think part of what's driving that is the need for a patient volume. But uh, some of it is just, it gets to be a habit in a certain practice, they're just not gonna stop and do it. Some of it is they don't know how. Often they don't have a very good microscope. Uh, people will tell me they, uh, they don't have time. Uh, uh, they're unclear about what they're seeing and what it means, and that's what we talked about today. We didn't just talk about what you're looking for, we talked about what you might see that's unimportant in other words, just artifacts like bubbles and hairs and threads right. as opposed to the real thing. Right. And, you can't uh, know abnormal unless you know normal. That's exactly right. And it's, the same, it's analogous to the lesions we see on the skin. We first have to learn the ordinary benign things, learn the good guys, and, to, and you have to do that before you can learn the bad guys. That's great. It's great advice. Speaking of advice for other PAs, uh, we have a lot of our colleagues here that are right out of the blocks. What is your advice as one of the founders of this organization and having seen the changes not only in dermatology but in our profession in general, uh, what about some words of advice for younger PAs, uh, younger or earlier in their career? Well, I, 
when I first started, the, what I would hear often was, well, gosh, PAs can't do dermatology. It's just too far gone. It's too, too difficult. And it is quite difficult, as you know, as well as any of us. But it's not beyond us at all to do. So I tell them, don't be intimidated by any of that. Don't pretend you're a physician, because we're not. But on the other hand, there's not any part of this that we couldn't master if we put our mind to it, if we get the right 